Welcome to Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esguera. Today on the program, we'll talk about the implications of the President or President Rodrigo Duterte's statements criticizing the Philippines' orbital victory over China in 2016. He described the Hague ruling as just a piece of paper that can be thrown to the waste or in the waste basket. We'll also talk about his challenge for debate uh, against uh, former Supreme Court Justice Antonio Carpio, who promptly accepted this challenge. What will be discussed, what should be discussed, and more importantly, how is the administration really handling this uh, Chinese incursions in the West Philippine Sea? But, uh, joining us this morning is attorney uh, Jay Batong Bakal. He's the director of the UP Institute of, uh, for Maritime Affairs and Law of the Sea. Good morning, Professor Jay, and thank you for joining us again on the program. Uh, good morning, Christian, and to all our televiewers, good morning. I was looking at the uh, reactions on social media regarding the acceptance of that challenge by President Duterte by former Supreme Court Associate Justice Antonio Carpio. And to be honest, a lot of people are getting entertained, perhaps for a good reason. Okay, before we go to the meat of the issues here, uh, do you think this debate would actually uh, take place knowing President Rodrigo Duterte? Well, given his previous uh, performance, shall we say, on similar situations, I actually am not uh, going to put money on the debate actually pushing through. No? Um, why, why is that? Well, for one thing, uh, if, if you'll notice, um, lately he has, his uh, interactions uh, with the public have basically been uh, on using uh, pre-recorded uh, messages. So um, I am not sure whether he will be able to uh, do this kind of uh, debate no? uh, using that kind of platform. Um, besides, uh, as noted by the um, person who was interviewed, no, uh, he does tend to be all over the place. So it will be very difficult probably for a proper debate to be held no, uh, if there are always constant uh, digressions. No? Um, so I'm, I'm really not uh, holding out much hope for that uh, to, to push through, but it will be a pleasant surprise if it does. But, but but how would that reflect on President Duterte if he does not uh, push through with this debate uh, since he was the one who issued the challenge? Well, of course, it will not uh, look good. No. On the other hand, he has also done a similar stunts uh, so many times before, no, uh, issuing challenges and then walking them back, uh, making statements, then uh, having uh, his uh, spokespersons uh, walk him back on it. So... In a way, um, the public is probably used to it, and maybe that's why there is uh, that sense of uh, entertainment. No. Okay, but having heard the pronouncements by President Duterte since 2016, I think this all started with this uh, statement that he would like to give China a soft landing after the Hague ruling came out uh, early in his administration. But given all the statements that came also after that, uh, to be honest about it, perhaps to be blunt about it, do you get the sense that the president really understands the issue and what's at stake in the West Philippine Sea? Well, he's, um, let's just say that his understanding of the issue is, is simply that power prevails over law, no? uh, especially international relations, according to him. No? That seems to be the sense that he's tried to convey, convey no, in making these statements. And that is not good for the Philippines over the long run because as a small nation with less resources, less population, less, uh, um, um, well, with a smaller size, no? Um, that means that the Philippines has actually uh, no hope at all no? in dealing with more powerful neighbors. 
it's not just China, but even just the next country that has uh, more uh, military or economic power than us. No? And, and that means that it is like giving up on the idea that we will ever be a sovereign nation. No? It will always be a case uh, where we will bow to power if that's the case. So we might as well go back to being a colony if he, he accepts that. Okay. Now, there's also a, there was a, a, an important statement coming from the president. Let's talk about the implication of this. He described the Hague ruling as just a piece of paper. And according to him, between nations, it's just a piece of paper. Is this correct in the context of international law and international relations? Well, no, it's not correct. For one thing, he is echoing the Chinese line about uh, this um, arbitration ruling from the very beginning. Uh, the term piece of paper is, is even came from the official Ministry of Foreign Affairs statement no? uh, in response to the promulgation reward. Second, um, international law, international tribunal judgments are never just a piece of paper, even if they are not uh, implemented. No? Um, the, be the best example of these this kinds of instruments is the UN Charter. Okay? Uh, the United Nations Charter, if you regard it, can you regard it as merely a piece of paper when it has actually led to the uh, decolonization of many former colonies? No? Um, the Philippines was one of the founding members of the UN Charter, by the way. No? So you cannot say that uh, these things are mere scraps of paper and that power prevails even in the international, up, up to now in the international community law does uh, perform a kind of moderating uh, function no and even if you have instances where the more power, the most powerful states no uh, tend to have their way they still no try to justify their actions in terms of international law because they know that international law still matters no and it's never uh, just a case of uh, states wielding power without any kind of uh, restraints Mm. And how do you think this would affect the Philippine position uh, regarding the South China Sea or the West Philippine Sea issue if you have the president himself describing that landmark victory as just a piece of paper? Well, it really um, contributes greatly to China's cause. No? From 2016, it has tried everything, done everything to belittle this uh, ruling and really turn it uh, in their own terms, no? turn it into a piece of paper that you put on the shelf no? uh, and, and never go back to. And this kind of talk, um, echoing the Chinese line, no? uh, plays into that narrative. And the fact that it's the president of the Philippines, no? the country that actually won the arbitration and um, made that so-called piece of paper possible. No? That um, that fact, no, uh, will definitely uh, be uh, um, a great contribution uh, to China's uh, efforts, no. Even other countries yeah. around us who are relying on this arbitral award to combat uh, China's uh, positions, no, and its excessive claims, uh, they will. Uh, well, China will simply tell to them, "Why are you raising this arbitration when even the Philippines that want it uh, considers it as a mere piece of paper?" So yeah, it perhaps really to, undermines not our, only our position, but even other countries' positions. Yeah, and perhaps to simplify the issue, for example, you have a powerful neighbor, a very wealthy neighbor that uh, encroaches on your backyard and you're basically physically helpless mm -hmm. to drive him away. At least you have the power of the law uh, behind yes. you to be able to drive him away. I mean, yes. it's as simple as that. Yes. Because you yeah, cannot uh, win a shooting war with that neighbor. 
Yes, and that's what most people don't understand, no? That small nations in the international community have to rely on international law uh, in order to protect them from the excesses of their more powerful uh, neighbors. Okay. Now, on the other hand, don't you think the president is just trying to be realistic about uh, the odds that are stacked against the Philippines when it comes to actually enforcing this landmark uh, ruling? Well, perhaps he is, but being realistic does not mean that you have to surrender at the outset. No? Uh, as the president of the Philippines, it is also his duty to try everything in his power, to use everything in his power no? uh, to protect the national interest. No? And surrendering the national interest at the very instance no, by accepting that he does not have any power at all to do anything, that even the arbitral award, which should um, be a source of great diplomatic and political leverage, if he immediately uh, discounts that no, uh, and, and dispenses with that, when, well, then he's just weakening uh, the position of the Philippines uh, even further. Uh, it's bad enough that we have all these enormous challenges, but to actually waste your uh, available resources, available advantages uh, through this arbitration with, in this arbitration ruling, no? that I think is really uh, reckless. Hmm. Although lately we've been, we've been uh, hearing uh, stronger statements coming from the, uh, from the different um, relevant cabinet ministers under the Duterte administration, you have strong statements coming from the, even from the National Security Advisor, from the Defense Secretary, from the Foreign Minister. Yet after all this, you had President Rodrigo Duterte again saying all those things. How do you think those pronouncements by the President coming from him uh, affect those previous positions taken by, by his cabinet? Yes, well, not only strong statements, but actually action, no? as we saw with the um, Coast Guard having uh, chased away the Chinese maritime militia from Sabina Shoal. No? Now, so all of these contrasting uh, actions and positions uh, for an external observer like somebody in China, all that that proves is that there is no unity at all among the Philippine leadership and among the Filipino people. No? And because there is lack of unity, that means that they have the upper hand, they have the advantage in case they decide to escalate or to create a new crisis in order to push forward uh, with their plans, they know that this, the, the lack of unity within the Philippines no, will uh, mean that there will be no effective opposition against uh, whatever move they make. No? So it actually just helps uh, China no, in making a move in the South China Sea because uh, the Filipinos are all uh, distracted and uh, fighting each other no, over who who gets the blame for what. No, In the meantime, they, they can just make a move. Okay. And of course, it's also possible that the president uh, at times is speaking uh, to a domestic audience, attacking his critics here in the Philippines. And perhaps there are certain cases where the president's uh, intended audience is the international community, like during the, of course, during the UN General Assembly. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you think in this day and age, the president can still afford to make such a distinction? Or again, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that perhaps he's looking, looking at two entirely different audiences. But in this day and age, and considering what's at stake, can he still uh, afford to make that dichotomy? I don't think so, no. Uh, especially now with um, you know communications having developed to to this extent, no, where even individual opinions can have national impact. Um, 
especially if you're the president no, uh, or any um, um, head of a department or high official in government, what your um, what you say no uh, will matter. Okay, uh, if at minimum this, uh, as I mentioned, no, shows the gives gives the any other country uh, an insight into the extent of unity within government, no, uh, or the seriousness, the commitment to uh, take certain actions or to make certain uh, well take certain positions, no, that will all be factored in to the calculations of other parties, no, and so. Uh, if they're serious about really protecting the national interest, no? uh, if they're serious about having what they called a careful, cal uh, calculated, and calibrated uh, strategy, then that should be seen in how they comport themselves, in how they act, and how they speak. And obviously, mm -hmm. right now, no, with these wild differences, uh, wide differences in in posture, positions, and attitudes towards the West Philippine Sea issue, no. Uh, it's very difficult to see what is uh, careful and calibrated uh, and calculated in this. It, all it, uh, all it uh, signals really is that uh, there is disunity among the Filipino people and even a lack of uh, unity uh, within the uh, government. Okay, for clarification, you said uh, wide differences, right? Not wild differences. Is that yes. correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now let's go to the, uh, to, to, to the president's uh, apparent fixation on the events in 2012 that stand off at Scarborough Shoal where, of course, uh, this is established already, Philippine vessels withdrew from the, uh, from the, uh, from the area. And since then, since then, China has been, um, for all intents and purposes, in possession of that particular part of the, of the, uh, of the sea. Okay. So... It keeps floating this idea that uh, this was mishandled by the previous administration. First mm -hmm. off, what really happened there? Why we withdrew, but the Chinese did not. I remember that was part of the agreement, right? Mm -hmm. There should have been a mutual withdrawal. Yes, according, based on the reports no? uh, and um, former Secretary Del Rosario's uh, own statements, no? Uh, there was supposedly an agreement for a mutual withdrawal, uh, which the Philippines uh, abided by, but uh, China did not. And since that time, there have been different narratives that have been uh, reported, no? Um, and there has even been doubts cast on whether there was an actual agreement. No? So, well, the current president trying to pin the blame on the previous administration and uh, trying to say that uh, somebody else was responsible for the current problem, no? I think that's really a cop out on the uh, duty, uh, really, of uh, of the president and any uh, government. No, uh, when you talk about these things, uh, our relations with other countries. No, it doesn't matter who the president was or what political party he was with, no? and whether his decision was from your perspective right or wrong. The point is that it was the Philippines, no, uh, that. Uh, that uh, acted, no? not just the president, but the Philippines. And therefore, trying to pin blame on previous administrations is really not productive at all. Again, it's a distraction and only shows the lack of commitment of the Philippines uh, itself no? as a country no? to follow through uh, with, a, with any actions and, and with, with, and, uh, with its uh, own policies. No?
So it only weakens uh, again no uh, our position uh, vis-a-vis other uh, countries. And I think it's also important to discuss the uh, 2012 Scarborough sta- uh, Scarborough show standoff mm-hmm. in the context of uh, China's bigger designs in the South China Sea. I hope you can discuss this also. Can you talk about that? For example, the strategic yes. triangle that uh, that China uh, has been trying to establish in this part of the world. I think this was first coined by the Japanese, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. The strategic yes. triangle. Yeah. Yes, uh, Scarborough Shoal is an important uh, position, really. No, for one thing, it's the only thing that can justify their um, imaginary Zhongsha, uh, Zhongsha archipelago. Uh, which includes Macclesfield Bank, but there are no islands. And there's nothing above water in that so-called uh, island group, no. Uh, so they need Scarborough Shoal in order to justify the existence of this uh, imaginary island group, uh, which is part of their claim. Uh, second, Scarborough Shoal, um, because of its position uh, adjacent to Luzon, that forms a triangle with uh, the paracels uh, on the the west near uh, Vietnam and the Spratlys to the south. And by using this triangle, it is possible to actually take control, complete control of the South China Sea. No, If, for example, they turn Scarborough Shoal into another military base, like uh, what they did with Mischief Reef and what they've already done with uh, the paracels on Woody Island, then they will be able to have um, a military uh, dominance, no, a naval and air dominance over the entire area of the South China Sea. And the Philippines, for example, no, will uh, have its own um, maritime supply lines, the ones that connect Manila to other ports uh, to the west. No, They will be under the um, um, coverage uh, of this uh, military, um, this military uh, dominance. No? And for the other powers, especially like the United States, Europe, etc., the West, they will also be uh, will, they will also find that their uh, maritime mobility through the South China Sea can be restricted or threatened. No? So, because of those geopolitical interests, no, they have uh, been uh, trying to uh, abide or, or trying to get China to instead abide by international law, which guarantees yeah. uh, that maritime uh, mobility. Oh, which explains the freedom of navigation activities uh, in that air operations, the FONOPS, right? Yes, that's the reason because, for the FONOPS because uh, China is trying to uh, claim you know, uh, an excessive amount of uh, sovereignty and jurisdiction in that area. They even are trying to give the impression that they have sovereignty over the entire South China Sea, which is not uh, allowed under uh, international law. And that's why they mm-hmm. say the U.S., for example, keeps sending FONOPS while other countries keep sailing through the South China Sea. Mm-hmm. And the Philippines occupies geographically a very important spot geographically in that area. So again, I, I'm trying to uh, steer the conversation toward the bigger context for people mm-hmm. to understand why it's important for the Philippines to handle this properly, mm-hmm. uh, especially for our own sake here. We're not even yes. talking about the, the 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 damage on the marine environment mm-hmm. or the fishing resources. So. But 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 so far, how do you think the administration of President Duterte? So far, at, at least one year to go in his administration, uh, how do you think he, he is handling this particular situation? Do you see any improvement despite President Duterte, despite his pronouncements? There is a slight improvement in the sense that you have now 
um, well, the Coast Guard and the Bureau of Fisheries and Aquatic Resources now out there performing their exercises, uh, essentially exercising our EZ rights. You have the Armed Forces through the Navy and Air Force performing their functions beyond the territorial sea, basically operating within the EEZ. No? So uh, in that sense, there is a change from the past uh, five years, and that is uh, a better situation that really should have been the situation from the very beginning of this administration. No? Um, whether this will be just another show preparatory to the next election or it is actually uh, evidence of a firm and consistent and long-term position or stand, no? uh, we have yet to see, really. No? Um, all that we can really say is that this took place only in the final year of his uh, administration. And because of that, uh, China has gained quite a lot of advantages uh, in the West Philippine Sea. No? Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think that can be um, parang, um, ignored. Yeah. And of course, I think uh, recently the president also said that uh, he pursued the arbitral victory of the Philippines in The Hague in 2016, but nothing happened. I mean, let's talk about that, that statement, that he pursued it. How exactly did he do it? Uh, as far as you know, based on the pronouncements, and actions under his administration. But the thing is, that's also another problem. It seems like there's no clear understanding of what is meant by pursuing the arbitration award. No, It seems that for him, uh, it is merely the fact that he raised it in a meeting with Xi Jinping or raised it uh, in a statement in the United Nations General Assembly. And it's as if by doing so, he expects the world to suddenly change and China to quickly withdraw uh, from the West Philippine Sea. No? Uh, and the uh, narrative is always looking for some kind of third party super body uh, or uh, some kind of global and international sheriff to make China do something that it does not, that it does not want to do. And that's not the case. Eh? That, that's not how international law works. That's not how international tribunal decisions are enforced. No? In the first place, enforcement of uh, international tribunal decisions, no? the ones that enforce them are the parties themselves. Okay? In the case of Philippines versus China, that means no, uh, given the nature of the award as a kind of declaratory judgment, no? a declaratory relief in, in, in lawyers' terms, what it means is that the Philippines can exercise its rights uh, to all of the natural resources in the exclusive economic zone, it can exercise its jurisdictions, uh, its lawful jurisdictions in accordance with international law. No? And therefore, it should. So things like fishing freely in its own EEZ, uh, demanding that other countries comply with its laws and regulations, conducting its own petroleum exploration without fear of protest from other countries, uh, taking charge of the marine environment, trying to pro uh, protect uh, and conserve its resources. Those are the Philippines that the Philippines has the right uh, to do. And therefore, it mm. should exercise those rights. That's uh, okay. ultimately how it should be enforced. And so what okay. you're seeing actually with this incident in Sabina Shoal is an example of the Philippines enforcing the arbitration award. No? And that's just a small part of the, the things that the Philippines can and should do now that the award has been issued. And so that's why the, the problem with saying that there is nothing we can do no, and, and the, the uh, fear of acting because of a supposed threat of war, no, that's why it is unjustified. And in fact, 
that is the the real case that is how the arbitral award is not being enforced by the philippines itself refusing to assert its rights refusing to act in accordance with the arbitration award okay as a final point attorney batong bakal that is that is quite interesting the refusal to uh, actually implement or enforce the the arbitral award landmark as it is no so Recently, we're seeing uh, better signs coming from the Philippine government as far as enforcing this is concerned. Uh, but given the fact that early during the administration especially, uh, there seemed to be no conscious effort to enforce it because of, again, perhaps that was part of the president's strategy uh, toward China, to appease China in, re in return for certain resources or benefits or loans from China. But how much of that refusal to, to enforce that during the, the the better part of the administration would affect the arbitral ruling itself. I mean, the strength, whatever strength it still has, even if today we're trying to uh, enforce it finally. Well, we've yet to see really, no, because uh, as, as uh, we mentioned, no, it's been five years of uh, essentially inaction and then action on the last year. Okay? In terms of whatever he hoped to get from China by appeasing it, uh, it's clear that it didn't work. Uh, all he got was promises of uh, what 24 billion in the beginning, which turned out to be less than a billion now. Um, it, China has gained uh, all of the advantages. It was able to freely and, and without interference, without fear, complete its military bases there in the South China Sea. Uh, it's been able to gain uh, advantages in terms of uh, conducting marine scientific research, uh, conducting resource. Uh, exploration in the South China Sea without, you know, without uh, any interference, without any restraints, really. And it has gained the upper hand over not only the Philippines, but the rest of the, the rest of uh, Southeast Asian uh, littoral states when it comes to its claims. No? So uh, in that sense, um, I think um, we've really given up a lot no, uh, by appeasing China. And now that we're now that the Philippines is trying to take a different track, that means that's only made things even more difficult no? uh, moving forward. Because uh, in the meantime, okay. we allowed the other party to gain so many uh, advantages over, our, over us and the rest of Southeast Asia. Okay, Attorney Jay Batong Bakal, thank you for joining us as always, sir. Welcome, Christian, and good morning to everyone. The Philippine Commission on Human Rights expresses alarm over the president's directive for police to arrest persons over the improper wearing of face masks. This even as palace and justice officials seek to soften the president's order. Joining us now is uh, Commissioner Roberto Cadiz of the Commission on Human Rights. Good morning, sir, and thank you for joining us on the program. Good morning, Christian, and thank you for having me. Okay, let's start with this order by President Duterte uh, for police to arrest whoever would violate or not wear uh, their face masks properly during the pandemic. Can police do that? And what would be the basis? Is there any basis at all to enforce that? Well, the, the first principle here is that there should be a law or ordinance uh, requiring such and defining how uh, such an act will be a violation of the law or regulation. Uh, second principle is uh, uh, the, the, in the implementation of the ordinance or the law or the presidential directive, dapat malinaw at dapat ipapatupad in a manner 
that is respectful of human rights, that will not be violative of human rights. But I also want to understand where the president is coming from. We are in an emergency situation. Uh, some, uh, some of our uh, uh, um, citizens are sometimes not mindful of the gravity of the situation. And, and therefore, uh, certain measures will have to be implemented. So this is a difficult balancing act. But we should not forget uh, uh, that uh, the basic principle that the, the law is clear, the, the, the people are uh, properly informed of, on how this will be violated, and the implementation of the law should be uh, 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 respectful of human rights. And what would be the penalties? Because uh, one concern is that, is that this verbal order from President Duterte might lead to a good number of abuses on the streets or in the streets and on the ground. I agree. In fact, in fact I, I remember, uh, the, the, I, I don't know, Christian, if you will recall the time when the president uh, uh, said in a press conference, galit ako sa mga istambay. And uh, the very next day, uh, yung mga kapulisan from all precincts sa parang may kota, naglabasan sa kanilang mga presinto at nang aresto na kung sino-sino in a manner that was sometimes excessive or even irrational. Natatandaan natin yung isang tao lumabas lang sa bahay niya, kalalabas lang sa pinto, nag-uunat, may dumaanan na kamotor na pulis hinule at dinalalagad sa presinto and this caused congestion. Uh, which generated a lot of problems, especially now uh, in the context of, of, of COVID. Pagka nangyari yan, ang nakakatakot, pag nagpakitang gilas yung kapulisan na sila ay tumutupad sa direktiba at utos ng presidente, ay lalong kumalat ang COVID. Kasi remember, the directive is being issued to prevent the spread of COVID. But if you implement this in a non-clear way, and then uh, in an irrational, non-logical way, baka yung iniiwasan mo na, na problema ay lalong lumala. For example, jail congestion. Hindi, hindi malinaw kung saan dadalhin. E pag pinagdikit-dikit mo yan, hindi mo alam baka lalong kumalat. So this is really a balancing act. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. kama rin yung may mga nagsabi that the implementation should be left uh, to the, the sound and rational judgment of local governments and also of the local precincts. So, yun lang ang panawagan namin sa mga magpapatupad ng direktiba na ito at mga ordinansa na sana ay, ay apply naman ng konting common sense. Uh, and, and another issue is reasonability because I remember that instance that you mentioned. During that time, right after the president issued that statement, uh, you mentioned what happened and there were also concerns about uh, police officers or even local officials or village officials in disarray about or as to what to do with those that they arrested because they were not even sure what particular ordinance was violated. This was also seen when the, when the president um, uh, issued the, 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 the Tokhang policy early in this administration, right? when, when people were invited uh, by, the, by the local officials, by the local police, they didn't know where to bring them, right? Kaya pinag, so I think one issue here is reasonability. I agree. But then again, reasonability is ano, no? 
is a relative term, no? And and the uh, rationality of people vary from uh, place to place, and you know, or it is also quite. But so, dapat siguro may naka siguro yung DIJ, yung DILG, yung PNP ay umupo at madaliin na ilahad o isulat at i at liwanagin kung paano ang pagpapatupad at kung ng batas na ito at kung ano ang uh, ano ba talaga yung for example lang no ah, yung proper wearing of face mask ano bang when is a face mask improperly worn ma, ma, uh, nakakatakot uh, yung bang at ano klase uh, hindi yung nga hindi ko maintindihan no? ang alam ko pagka meron na kong face mask dito at saka uh, may face shield properly worn yon uh, this will uh, well, I, i hope that these details will be clarified no uh, just to preempt confusion but also yeah. again I, i hasten to add no yun namang ating ring mga mamamayan sana maintindihan din nila yung sitwasyon natin no na para hindi naman tayo maging siguro naman hindi tayo abot doon pero nakita naman din natin kung ano nangyayari sa India ngayon yeah. no ah uh, gawin din naman natin yung ating katungkulan para tumupad din sa mga mga patakaran para mabilis din tayong uh, makalabas o makahahon sa sa emergency na ito na dala ng pandemya Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that uh, that balance because we also understand the paternalistic duty of the state uh, for imposing um, policies like this. But again, there has to be uh, a clear guideline. There have to be clear guidelines uh, to prevent possible abuses in enforcing them. And I think there was a survey last year which showed that um, Filipinos were among the most obedient as far as observing health protocols was concerned during the pandemic. So I think this is also... Uh, important to be put in context in the discussion. Now, I'd like to go to the next uh, topic that we're uh, that we're going to talk about this morning: the appointment of a new Philippine National Police Chief. Uh, he's no stranger to the uh, to the Commission on Human Rights. You've engaged with him on several occasions. I'm speaking of uh, General Guillermo Elizar, but he has only six months uh, in his uh, in his term as Philippine National Police Chief. Now, what would you like to see under the new? Uh, PNP chief, especially in the context of enforcing the president's drug war, which has not uh, actually been tempered or remained unabated uh, even during the pandemic. All right, thank you. So immediately I see uh, uh, specific challenges to to Lieutenant General Ejazar. Number one is that people know that he will only be there for six months. And this might Uh, this sort of places him in a weak position because, uh, uh, the, 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 for example, the bad elements within the PNP will uh, um, just sit it out, no? Uh, whether, whether the the, the storm, hindi siya masadong sisiriosohen, gawa ng six months nasa. Also, there is a natural tendency on the part of the, the there might be a natural tendency on the part of the new PNP chief uh, to also take it easy uh, because uh, why will I rock the boat kung six months na ako? Why will I create more enemies? So 
there is this context, no? But at the same time, this is also and daming pwedeng gawin within a period of six months. We know Lieutenant General Eliazar, as 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 you have earlier mentioned, he comes often uh, to to our commission to engage us in human rights uh, dialogue. And 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 I personally can see the sincerity uh, whenever we dialogue with him uh, to 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 be more respectful of human rights. Pero naintindihan din natin yung konteksto na meron tayong culture of impunity uh, within the PNP uh, and also because of the statements of the president uh, regarding uh, EJ case no? uh, in the context of the drug war. So ang challenge dito kay, kay new PNP Chief Elazar ay kung paano niya babalansihin yung kanyang uh, yung yung kanyang pagpatupad sa kanyang tungkulin. Uh, ang isang nakikita ko na pwede niyang gawin ay, ay tulungan ang presidente. Anyway, six months na lang siya. Uh, uh, tulungan ng presidente na unawain, unawain yung kanyang tungkulin sa papamagitan din ng pag-implement ng mga disiplinary. Kasi si presidente ay galit din, ano? Or, may mga efforts rin to address uh, corruption no? or lack of discipline within the PNP. Baka kung may pakita ni General Eliazar na siniseryoso niya ang, ang, ang tungkulin na ayusin ang mga patakaran sa PNP para bigyang disiplina ang, ang mga elemento sa PNP. Baka naman uh, si Presidente ay matuwa sa kanya at uh, pabayaan siya na ipagpatuloy ang kanyang pananaw at programa hinggil sa uh, pagpapatupad naman ng human rights. Baka, baka rin. Okay. You, you, you said, General uh, Eliazar, during your previous engagements with him, uh, you saw the sincerity in him uh, as, far as, the, as far as respecting human rights was concerned. Let's try to talk about uh, concrete issues that uh, the CHR has been raising with the Philippine National Police over the years under this administration number one access to information access to actual files of those who were allegedly killed uh, those who were killed for allegedly putting a fight putting up a fight during legitimate police operations do you have any uh, optimism that you would finally get better access to this information under general eliazar um we are optimistic we we hope that uh, yung pinramis no ni PNP chief Bato ay maitmatutupad ni ni General Eliazar uh, so we will continue to request the PNP uh, for information regarding this uh, at hi, pero hindi lang yun ano hindi lang yung pagpapakita sa amin ng mga records ng violations pero umaasa kami na na magfa-file din siya ng cases no Ang, ang, ang immediately doable niya is to file administrative cases no? and to resolve this and to dismiss erring personnel. Naintindihan namin na mahirap mag-file ng criminal cases at lumabas yung resulta within the remaining six-month period that he will be in office. Pero nakikita namin na kayang-kayang mag-file ng administrative cases, kayang-kayang mag-dismiss ng mga erring PNP personnel. Uh, kasi that will just be within the context of 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 the 
PNP organization. So this is a low-lying fruit in a sense. The other thing that, that General Eliezer can do is to improve the hiring of the PNP. No? Uh, nakita natin na, na mukhang merong maraming gaps regarding the, 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 the recruitment uh, policy that has result that have resulted in in uh, you know uh, bad elements being able to enter the organization which become uh, a problem later on so yung hiring lang yung dismissal of of of, of uh, uh, violators and the hiring of uh, of good personnel to the PNP uh, isang isang doable yan number 2 is siguro to set a mechanism of engagement with the commission and with civil society in terms of impo, uh, implementing a transparency mechanism. Pagka na-file na yung mga kaso, maganda siguro kung maipapakita sa civil society kung paano nagpo-progress yan. If, if we can institute a, a panel of, uh, of uh, genuine human rights advocates who will be allowed to monitor and report the results of the investigation and the progress of these cases, this will this will go a long way. Uh, okay. So just just that uh, principle. Okay. Uh, marami pa na, na low lying yeah. fruit. Y yes. Okay. Well, uh, unfortunately, we don't have uh, much time anymore. But uh, thank you very much for 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 those uh, for that appeal and uh, for contextualizing the engagement between the PNP and the Commission on Human Rights. To paraphrase an important uh, quote. Uh, six months might be too short for a good PNP chief, but too long for a bad one. Thank you very much, Commissioner Cadiz, for joining us again on the program, sir. Thank you very much, Christian, for having me. Okay. And that's our program for today. I'm Christian Esquera. You can listen again to our interviews on the ANC Matters of Fact podcast, available in Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. You can also get all the exclusive content on, a on ANC's YouTube channel. Thank you for watching. See you on Monday.